Hello, and thank you for clicking on the Sean B. Show. It is Thursday, January 26th, the year 2023, and I am in the Edge Construction Studio. Edge Construction, the masters of the construction industry. Look, hands down, period. Third work, site development, all your construction needs. Edge Construction's got your back. Get a hold of my man, Brian Jones, 812-343-3035. These guys are absolute studs. They will help you out whatever you need. Listen, today, a lot of information on this show. A lot going on on this show today. We got two massive football games on Sunday. We got award finalists out. We got a lot to talk about today. We're going to do it, okay? The Sean B. Show begins right exactly now. You're listening to The Sean B. Show on Second String Media. Good morning and welcome into The Sean B. Show. It is myself, Sean B., in the studio all alone today. Welcome into the podcast. Hope you guys are having a great morning so far. I don't know what time of day you're listening to this, but I hope it's a good day. There is a ton of information, okay? So whether you're driving home or whether you're listening at work, whether you're whatever you're doing, whatever time frame you're listening to the Sean B show podcast, I hope it's good. All right. Tons of information today, but of course, as always, we got to start. It's national green juice day. And I don't even know where to go with that. Like green juice, like vegetable juice or like green colored Apple flavored juice. I don't know, like the stuff you buy your kids. Green Gatorade. That's not really juice. Oh, what I know is I'm not. I'm not interested at all. However, it is also National Spouses Day, January twenty sixth, two thousand twenty three. National Spouses Day. I didn't know that. I do a little bit of homework before every podcast to see kind of what day it is. I feel like it's an interesting little tidbit. And uh, today, I learned that it is National Spouses Day, and I should leave here immediately once finished and go get my wife a gift for National Spouses Day. I don't know what I'll do. Maybe I'll buy her lunch. I know she works hard at her job and uh, might appreciate a little Taco Bell, okay? Maybe a couple White Castle Slides. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, National Spouses Day, so look at your spouse. Tell them you love them. Give Give them a, I don't know warm, wet kiss, or, you know, go buy him a gift. Or you know what? I know in the case, at least of my spouse, she probably just appreciate being left alone. So may just leave her be today. I don't know. But a ton of information today. A lot of NFL chatter, little basketball chatter. We'll get to that uh, here in just a second to start. But uh, we've got head coaching lists cut in half for the Indianapolis Colts up there on 56th Street. Uh, we've got MVP finalists. Of course, if you don't know, a couple of massive football games coming up this weekend on Sunday. Championship games, AFC, NFC, uh, picks, gambling nuggets, things like that. Of course, uh, we'll do player props on Saturday, but today we'll talk about uh, something we don't talk about very much. Normally, we stick to spread betting, Okay. But, uh, you know, there's a couple of little nuggets on the money line that might not be so bad. So we'll get into that just for a second. Uh, of course, it all depends on your opinion of who's going to win. I don't know if this will shift 
between now and, of course, on Saturday when we talk again and then on Sunday when the games kick off. But right now, if you think the Bengals are going to win, there could be a good good little betting involved with you, okay? So we'll uh, we'll get to that here in a second. Uh, Indiana Pacers got a win finally on Tuesday night. Finally, that seven-game slide snapped. Pacers beat the Bulls 116-110. Got her done. Needed it. Had to have it. Huge win for the Pacers. You just had to stop the losses. Seven games in a row. Horrible, horrible little stretch for the Pacers who were honestly off to a good start. Finally over that season. We talked about this. We said, you know, the season over under win total uh, with the sports books was 23 and a half. Finally, once we talked about that, they got to 23 and then they won another game. For almost, you know, for two weeks, seven game slide. Finally, Pacers get that 24th win. Everybody wins. If you bet the Pacers on the over 24 and 25 on the year, Buddy Heald had a good night, 19 points, five boards, miles Turner, 26 and seven and TJ McConnell put up a 20 spot. Bennett Matherin, 26 off the bench. Pacers get the win at home over the bulls and finally end that seven game miserable slide. That, that they have been on. Very, very excited to see that. Pacers still sitting at ninth in the Eastern Conference standings. Okay, right there with the Hawks and the Knicks. couple teams, we got to get over the hump and start beating these guys when we can. But it was just nice to see the Pacers finally get a win after seven straight losses. So here we are. And the Indiana Hoosiers are hot as hell. Four straight wins. Closer one up there in Minnesota. That building's never really been kind to the Hoosiers, but the Hoosiers moved to 14 and 16, 5 and 4 in conference play. They have moved themselves up to fifth in the Big Ten. All right. They are now fifth in the Big Ten, tied with Illinois and Michigan State for fifth. A couple teams they've just gotten wins over. They trail Michigan, Northwestern, pesky Rutgers, and of course, Purdue up there hot as a pistol. Six wins in a row. They're 8 and 1 on the year, 19 and 1 overall. Leading that Big Ten, that Purdue basketball team's tough. You hate to say it, but that Purdue basketball team's tough. This Hoosiers team, though, huh, this Hoosiers team. Trace Jackson Davis, 25-21. and 21. This guy has been absolutely dominant throughout this entire four-game stretch. Honestly, he's been the focal point of the Hoosiers offense all year. You kind of figured that was going to be a thing that happened. Malik Renew had 10 off the bench. Miller Cop put up 11, three boards. Uh, Huchifino, again, facilitating that offense very well, six points, four assists. But he's kind of that floor general now. Trey Galloway coming off a 17-point performance, only had five. Look, they ran through TJD last night, got the win, 61-57 over Minnesota. The Hoosiers, again, in a place that has never really been kind to them, but they continue the winning streak they're on. Four in a row now for the Hoosiers. Very exciting. Woody, a little bit COVID. All right. Got to get Woody healthy. Got to have Woody out there. Got all the makings for, a, you know, a Hoosier loss last night. TJD not letting that happen. All right. Pacers, Hoosiers on the winning mend. All right. We will see the Pacers in action again tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow against Milwaukee. Now, when I talk about the Pacers breaking that streak, they did lose again last night. 
course, everyone's saying, hey, Sean, they lost again last night. I know they lost again last night. That's not what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about they broke the streak. Pacers losing to the Magic 126-120. Okay? They're now nine of their last ten. They've lost. Eight of their last ten. Yeah. It's not pretty. Okay? Look, I know that. It's not pretty. But they broke the streak on Tuesday. They got that 24th win on Tuesday. I suppose... I should have included the negative part. Look, I'm looking for a positive show, okay? It's a positive show that I want. No negatives. No negatives today. Anyway, that's basketball chatter. Of course, once these last couple weeks of the NFL season play out, we'll be doing a lot more basketball chatter. We'll kind of shift in a basketball-centric focus and start counting down to spring training. I'll tell you what I can't wait for. I can't wait for March Madness. I can't wait for the celebration of March Madness. It's going to go down right here in this studio. Okay. Um, still need some boys to come in here. Okay. We're going to have to get some tournament picks, do some betting, do some breakdowns. We got 68 teams headed to a bracket. I, I cannot wait for March Madness, but I tell you what, I'm even maybe not more excited about, maybe equally, maybe a little less. Uh, spring training is coming. Okay. We are less than a month out. February 14th, spring training, pitchers and catchers reporting, baseball happening again. Look, love baseball, hate baseball. Spring is the most wonderful time of the year. The Super Bowl is exciting. This is like football championship between college and the NFL, very exciting. But March Madness and spring training, poof, boys, that's, what, that's, that's how we know it's about to start getting warm again here in the Midwest. That's how we know good things are about to start happening. All right. Now I have held off long enough. We have whittled this Colts coaching list down to, I'm going to say eight guys. Although I read a couple things today that don't give me a whole lot of confidence in that eighth guy anymore. Although he's one I'm excited about. Maybe the one I'm most excited about. I don't know. We'll start with that. D'Amico Ryan's, of course, you know, he canceled his interview with the Colts. Everyone's thinking it's because he is just in depth into this San Francisco 49ers run. He's the 49ers DC, of course. Everybody thinking D'Amico Ryan's just focused on the 49ers. Thought I'd schedule an interview, not going to, you know, wishy-washy, whatever. But uh, Shane Steichen interviewed, Eric Bieniemy interviewed, Brian Callahan interviewed. D'Amico Ryan's, the Panthers are reporting because the Panthers obviously interested in Ryan's as well. The Panthers reporting that Ryan's only interest with regards to head coaching is in the Denver Broncos or the Houston Texans. Of course, Domingo Ryan's played six years with the Houston Texans and sees a ready built defense in the Denver Broncos, which leads me to possibly my new favorite in the Colts head coaching search. Get to that in a second. Panthers also apparently reported very in on Frank Reich. Frank Reich reading that he's expected to be the Cardinals' next head coach. Panthers also very interested in Reich. Look, I watched a, a segment of a Panthers podcast this morning, and the guy was extremely excited. Big Panthers fan. Love it. Kind of love what he's doing, doing a lot like what I'm doing. Um, the guy plays music on his show, though. I'm not trying to get kicked off Facebook. <laughs> But the guy, good, good, good podcast. Um, 
talked about how high he is personally on Frank Reich. Best of luck, obviously, to Coach Reich. Didn't work out here in Indy. Um, I don't know if it's going to work out anywhere else, but it just might. It just might. However, back to D'Amico Ryan's interested in Denver. Interested in Denver because the defensive pieces are there. The Denver Broncos defensive coordinator, Idro Evero, getting a second interview with the Indianapolis Colts. Very excited about that. Uh, did a lot of homework on this guy this morning. Like this guy. I like this guy a lot. 42-year-old, played college football, UC Davis. Done a lot of coaching ever since then. Moved up in the ranks to the Broncos, D.C. Now he's a head coaching candidate. The Colts giving him a second interview. Love this. I'll tell you what I don't love. i tell you what I don't love at all. And it's that Jim Ursay, who will be kind of the final decision maker in this coaching search, is still very high on Jeff Saturday. It's almost like, it almost feels like they're using this coaching search to talk Jim Ursay out of Jeff Saturday. Now, I don't know where the, I don't, I don't, I'm not real sure what's going on with that. I, it, it, it honestly, like I, my mind went to some dark places today when I was thinking about this. I was like, what is the deal? Like, what does Ursay owe Saturday? The guy, I mean, obviously beloved in Indianapolis, obviously as a center, as a face of the community, as a face of the Colts. But like I've said about Jeff Saturday before, one and seven is the interim coach. The team seemingly got worse. He coached the wor- the biggest comeback in NFL history. He coached the wrong end of that shit. And you you saw the players like buy into the fact that he's an interim head coach, but you didn't really see the players like outside of the win in Vegas. You didn't see the players rally around Jeff Saturday. Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure what's happening there, but Jeff Saturday getting a second interview in Indianapolis and reportedly is Jim Ursay's favorite. And it's his his job to lose quote. Not a fan. Not a fan of that at all. Um, we'll kind of go down this list of people who are getting second interviews with the Indianapolis Colts. Dan Quinn, Cowboys defensive coordinator, getting a second interview. Shane Steichen still coaching football in Philadelphia. They got a big game this weekend. He's getting a second interview. Eric Bieniemy getting a second interview. I'll talk about these two guys real quick. I'm just not sold on Dan Quinn at, at all, um, and I don't have a lot of reason why. I don't have a I don't have a real good reason why. I'm just not Shane Steichen uh, from that same coaching tree that Frank Wright came from. And that that's that's sour enough for me to be to be very very out on that. Eric Bieniemy, um, I feel like deserves a coaching job. Okay, that's KC offense is always always tops. Like they're the number one overall offense this year. Number one scoring offense. Number one passing offense. How much of that? How much of that is Patrick Mahomes? Was Tom Moore? The Colts offensive coordinator through Peyton Manning was Tom Moore a, a ever a coaching candidate? Anybody was he even the offensive coordinator or was it Peyton Manning? Similar situation. I don't know if I buy Eric Bieniemy as the 
as the mastermind behind the Chiefs offense so much as a benefactor of how talented Patrick Mahomes is and how dominant Patrick Mahomes is. So that's my knock on the enemy. Um, nothing really outside of his control. You know, I mean, there's nothing outside of his control or inside of his control that, 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 that would be a knock on him. That being my knock, I can't say he's proven because to me, it, it's a benefactor of, of a chief's offense that is overwhelmingly talented, overwhelming. Just, I mean, you got Patrick Mahomes on that offense, 49 out of 50, uh, all pro votes, Travis Kelsey on that offense, unanimous tight end, all pro vote, like Isaiah Pacheco. They can cycle through running backs. They don't rely on the running game. Uh, they have the number 20 rushing offense in the NFL. Very, very Mahomes, Kelsey, insert this receiver here, kind of centric in that offense. So, so I don't know that I don't know that there's a lot in B enemy's favor as far as things and notes that you can look at and say are proven to be a result of of his particular efforts. <clears throat> Raheem Morris, defensive coordinator for the Rams, another guy I like. I like Raheem Morris. Jeff Saturday, of course, getting the second interview. Raheem Morris getting a second interview. Um, a great DC guy's been around for a while. Um, just an obvious kind of up through the ranks head coaching candidate. Um, Rams defense not necessarily overwhelmingly good or or this or that. There's there's not a lot of high points to point at. Just Raheem Morris has done a consistently good job of coaching up these defenses and moving up in the ranks and doing what he do. And obvious coaching candidate. And clearly did well in his first interview. Ejiro Evero coached maybe the one bright spot the Denver Broncos had. Had a lot of weapons on that defense. But you watch this guy and talk. You see this guy talking about his team and talking about his guys and his job and what he does. Just a stand-up guy. I'm a fan. A young coaching candidate. Kind of a new energy type of coach. I like it a lot. Brian Callahan, Bengals offensive coordinator. Same situation. You've got Joe Burrow. You've got a, a, a slew of weapons, and you got a running game. It's not. I mean, they're the 29th ranked rushing offense in football. So, as a Bengals offensive coordinator, I see. Hey, we're we're benefiting highly from having Joe Burrow and these receiver weapons on our offense, our rushing offense. Despite the fact that we have Joe Mixon, who's pretty good, doesn't do a whole lot. And it's because we don't run the offense through the run. And why would you? Your weapons are your weapons are out wide. So again, deeper dives into these coaching candidates can be done. They will be done by the Colts in their second interviews. I I like the list. I'm gonna say this. It's hard for me to say this because I spent so much time being such a big fan of this man. I Really cannot wait. I want to see Jeff Saturday off this list. I, I There's no reason. The, the interim head coach thing, fine. The interim head coaching thing, fine. No problem with that. Season was going down the tubes. Most people thought we were tanking anyway. It's a, it's a, it's a seat holder. It's a placeholder. But the fact that, that Saturday is getting this second interview, I get it. He's a good man. Look, 100% a good man. 
I I'm I feel like I'm a pretty solid dude. Doesn't make me a great podcaster. Here, here we are. See how this goes. <laughs> but I do, <laughs> with all jokes aside, I do. I would like to see Jeff Saturday kind of removed from this list. It it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that he's still out there and around. I did. I I get it. He did the work, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I kind of hope they whittle this list down to like Raheem Morris. Uh, Idro Evero, I gotta put I, I gotta put Steichen in there just because he seems to even though like I said my knock on him is that he comes from the same coaching tree that Wright came from. He did work as an OC under Sirianni this year. Sirianni, we'll get to the awards candidates here in a little bit. Sirianni, not a guy up for coach of the year. I don't know how Nick Sirianni is not up for coach of the year. I thought he'd be the favorite. Yet here we are. And, of course, you're probably going to see Dan Quinn deep into this process. They say they're in no hurry to get this process done. They say they want to wait till the playoffs are over and still talk to D'Amico Ryans. They say they're still in on D'Amico Ryans. Doesn't sound like D'Amico Ryans is in on anybody but the Broncos and the Texans. We'll see how that plays out. Everybody else on this list whittled down. That, that, to be, it seems like a long list. <clears throat> this list has essentially been cut in half. Like, it's been halved. So, you know, coaching candidates out there. Colts doing a very deep and intensive head coaching search. I like that this front office, led by Chris Ballard, led by Jim Mercer, is treating this as if we still have a team that can still compete, and we have to get the right guy. I hope they take that same attitude into the draft, but I also hope they're cautious in the draft to – I. If I hear one more rumor about the Colts trading up to the one pick to draft Bryce Young, I'm going to scream. I saw one the other day that said the Colts were moving up to the number one pick to draft Will Levis. Why would you move up to number one to draft Levis? Why would you trade the farm, move up to one, and take Levis? If Levis is your guy, you'll get him at four. Rumors about by people that, 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 that I feel like some of them are just making shit up. And look, I'm not a, an NFL GM, okay? I'm not the leader of an NFL scouting department. I know what I see as a fan from a fan perspective. I know what I know about what these guys that get drafted high in the first round get paid, what the risk is on taking a guy like that. You got a number one overall pick. Can we please reduce the risk and get a weapon Get a weapon. You got a top five pick. You got a top five pick. And I don't think you can gauge many college quarterbacks to deem them worthy of a number four pick. I just don't think that can be accurately done unless you get a generational guy. Trevor Lawrence was obviously going to be number one. Joe Burrow was obviously going to be number one. Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck. Some of these guys that come out, obvious number one picks. These guys, Stroud, Young, Levis, they're not that. They're not that at all. And it's wasteful. It's, it's absolutely wasteful. And to me, fan pandering, if you take these guys in the, with a top five pick, you're pandering to your fans. Every fucking group out there in, in Colts Nation on Facebook is saying, we got to get a quarterback, get a quarterback now. If they don't draft a quarterback in the first round, you Mm. 
I hate the move. All right. I absolutely hate the move. But uh, yeah, if you're on the Sean B show Twitter page watching this, which nobody ever does, but it's out there. Okay. That's why we use the hashtags. Maybe one day we'll catch fire. I don't know. But if you're on the Sean B show Twitter page, maybe a follower on the Sean B show Twitter page, you'll notice that I broadcasted mind snacks last night on the Sean B show Twitter page. And I did that by accident. Wasn't supposed to happen, but it did happen. And look, there's no problem with that. Okay. I can be a supporter of other shows that I'm on. I can do that. And none of the other shows have a Twitter page. So I don't know if you're a Twitter follower, but uh, if you are, hopefully you notice that. Okay. Head coaching candidates whittled down to about half the list we started with. A little more than half, maybe. Still kind of in on some of these guys. Like I said, I don't think the D'Amico Ryans thing is a thing that's going to happen. If I had to speak honestly and genuinely truthful, hopefully to God, the Jeff Saturday thing is not going to happen. I can sit here and say that. And look, it's hard to say that about this guy. I love Jeff Saturday. I own his jersey. But that, that to me is just, that's a fishy fucking hire. If you make that hire, that is fishy fucking shit. Wow. Dog in the office behind me. Not happy about his situation. Don't know what that was. Yeah, anyway. If I had to pick favorites, like I said, I like this Ejiro Evero guy. I like Raheem Morris a lot. Uh, like I said, the Nico Ryan thing isn't going to happen, but I do like that guy. Uh, if I had to make a guess right now, which I don't like doing, but uh, I don't know. Is Dan Quinn going to be our head coach? He was the first guy to get the second interview. Is it going to be Dan Quinn or Shane Steichen? I'm not excited really about either one of those guys. We'll see. We shall see. Huge weekend. Okay, huge weekend in the NFL. Saturday, I'll be on talking about betting nuggets, talking about a little maybe even more in-depth dive into these games. But I've got the Thursday look at both of these games ready to go for you. Can't wait. Listen, it's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, San Francisco at Philadelphia, Sunday, 3 o'clock on Fox. <clears throat> San Francisco is a two-and-a-half-point dog. Philadelphia at home at the link, the favorite. Look, this is Sunday at 3 o'clock. I'm a little confused by the time. I don't know why they – I don't know why it has to be so early. Make it a night game. The other one's out west. Like, KC's, what, central time? They're an hour back. We can stay up late here on the East Coast, okay? They did Sunday at 3 o'clock on Fox. San Francisco, a two-and-a-half-point underdog at Philadelphia. But what I like, I like both of these. Like, if you told me I could get the San Francisco 49ers at plus 122 on the money line, I would take that. I like that bet a lot. I like it because it's a it's a high reward bet. Not a whole lot of risk. I mean, this is going to be a good football game. I do think Philadelphia will win though. I think Philadelphia will win this football game. And you can get the Eagles. This is what I like better. You can get the Eagles at minus 145. Not bad. $100 bet's going to pay you back 68.97 plus your 100. So, I mean, if you're looking to make some money, not a bad bet. Because what I can't do here is I, I'm having trouble taking the Eagles minus two and a half. 
This is going to be a good game. It's going to be a real good game. Two and a half is not a big number at all. You think, you know, think about situations like you're going in tied and, uh, a, you know, a, a tie-breaking field goal to win the game covers your two and a half. So you might, as opposed to the minus one and 45, stick to the Eagles minus two and a half. Could also see a one-point lead. Got a field goal to win the game. Miss it, you lose. Hit it. You win by two. It's a lose-lose situation. You can think about all kinds of different things like that. Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver A.J. Brown says, I'm not a diva, but I want the ball. A.J. Brown had six catches for 22 yards against the Giants in a 38-7 win. So tell me, because you're on the sidelines, you're frustrated about not getting the ball. But your team is up 38-7 to or 31-7 to or whatever the score was at this time. They caught Nick Sirianni and A.J. Brown having a slightly heated conversation. A.J. Brown wants the ball. A.J. Brown wants the ball. And it's, you're 38-7. to You know, 35-7, to whatever the score was at the time. And, and you're, and, uh, I'm not a diva. Yes, you are. Yes, you are, A.J. Brown. Bit of a diva. I'm sorry, not even six catches. Three catches for 22 yards. Six targets. So, not a diva, but I want the ball. All right, A.J. Fine. But your team won by 31 points. What is your fucking problem? Oh, I know what it is. You're a diva. Don't be a diva, A.J. Not a hater. How about Omen Yehu for the 49ers defensive lineman? Arrested Monday. Domestic violence. Now, of course, accusations. We always want to say that, but typically the NFL takes these accusations very seriously. They're a very hard stance against domestic violence. You kind of have to. But in this case, the 49ers keeping them with the team until the legal process plays out. And I'm curious about this. I don't know what kind of backlash you're going to face over this. We'll stay close to this because... This is the time the Warriors come in and they say, hey, a fucking woman beater. Although just accused, there was a situation Monday afternoon called to the home. A woman slightly injured, did not seek medical attention. Like kid gets arrested. Still going to play. And I got to wonder, would this be the case if it were week six? Would this be the case if it were week 14? Would this be the case if it weren't a playoff game, an NFC championship game type of situation? You never know. You never know, but we'll see how this plays out. Also with the 49ers, CMC and Elijah Mitchell, neither one practice. CMC dealing with a calf, Elijah Mitchell dealing with a groin. You got to feel like these guys are both going to be on the field. Obviously, it's in the injury report, but uh, I cannot see CMC or Elijah Mitchell missing missing this football game. I see that being no news. Now, what I thought about this game is I thought maybe, just maybe, because I watched the Dallas-Philadelphia game, or the Dallas-San Francisco game, sorry, maybe, just maybe, this Eagles defense is too good for San Francisco's offense. Everybody loves Brock Purdy. Everybody loves what he's doing. 
But if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, you've got to think that it would be who of you to closely watch over and over what Dallas did in this Niners game. Because what the Cowboys did well was contain a pretty good 49ers offense. Look, not a lot of things happened in this game. San Francisco got a touchdown late. But at halftime, this game's 9-6. to six. At the end of the third quarter, this game's 9-9. Nine to nine. Okay? So, obviously, the Niners' defense was very good. Dak Prescott struggled a lot through a couple picks. But this Niners' offense isn't good enough to beat a really good Philadelphia defense. The Philadelphia Eagles are number one overall in defense, number one in passing defense. They're number 16 against the run, so CMC and Mitchell may have big days. Number eight in scoring defense. So a, a, a Niners defense that I feel overall is probably a little better, but a Niners offense that doesn't score a whole lot of points. I don't know. I, I say doesn't score, didn't score a whole lot of points against the Dallas defense is where I was going with that. <laughs> Boy, I can fuck up anything. A very good Niners offense, but I don't know if it's as good as this Philadelphia defense. And I'm sticking with the pick I made on Tuesday, Philadelphia, to win this game. It's going to be a real good football game. I think this will be the best game of the weekend. Of the two. I got to go with Philly, though. It's that plus two and a half that I don't know about. Because like I said, this is going to be a close game. A plus two and a half, not a big number. Might be a little big for my liking. We'll get more into this, uh, obviously, on Saturday. Take that uh, deeper dive and see what we can see what we can conjure up. I won't make an official pick till Saturday, but uh, I'm going Philadelphia money line. I'm stick. I'm staying away from the spread, even though it's two and a half points. I'm staying away from the spread. What about that 6:30 game on Sunday on CBS and Paramount Plus? Cincinnati heads to Kansas City for the AFC Championship game that they all thought they deserved. The Bengals motivated by the fact that they were selling tickets in Atlanta for a Bills Chiefs AFC game. We explained why they had to do that last week, but doesn't matter because now we're at Arrowhead where this thing should have been played the whole time. Because Kansas City has been hands down the best team overall in the AFC. I know the Bills got the win in the regular season. Kansas City, hands down, best team in the AFC until until Patrick Mahomes gets a high ankle sprain against Jacksonville. And I'll say that, and they say, well, this one guy can't tear down the team. Yes, he fucking can. It's Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes matters big in this game. Matters big. Kansas City, number one overall offense, number one passing offense, number one scoring offense. Where's their rushing offense? Down there at number 20. The number 20 rushing offense in the NFL. Isaiah Pacheco, very good rookie running back. But look, if you've got Chad Henney playing quarterback and Isaiah Pacheco leading the charge, Travis Kelsey trying to make plays and lead the charge, you're in fucking trouble because Cincinnati's really good. Now Patrick Mahomes, ready to go, was a full practice participant Wednesday. Says he's ready to go. Says it feels a lot better than he thought it would. So... We'll see. If you've got a full-strength Patrick Mahomes, I still think that the Bengals have a good shot to win this game. 
If you've got a half-strength Patrick Mahomes, a guy who doesn't get outside the pocket and play like he normally plays, the Bengals might win this game by more than a touchdown. Because I promise you, Joe Burrow is ready to go. Now, they've got one offensive lineman returning from injury. Kappa still out. Kansas City, though, passing defense number 18. Scoring defense number 16. The problem with the Cincinnati Bengals is they don't run the ball well. And I don't know if it's that they don't run the ball well or they don't run the ball much. The Cincinnati Bengals have the number 29 ranked rushing offense in the National Football League. Will that be problematic? They're a top 10 passing offense, number seven. Top 10 scoring offense, number seven. Another problem with the Cincinnati Bengals, and this is, again, assuming a full-strength Patrick Mahomes, is they have the number 23 passing defense. Six overall scoring defense, top 10 rushing defense, but the number 23 passing defense. Eli Apple's going to have his work cut out for him. Again, all this is riding on a healthy Patrick Mahomes. If the Chiefs don't have a healthy Patrick Mahomes, I don't see much of a chance. And I'm a little surprised at where this game is. It's Cincinnati is a one-point underdog. Bengals plus one. So there's no way you, you go spread here. Unless you're going Chiefs, you can go Chiefs plus one. It beats Chiefs money line. Bengals money line plus 100. Even money bet. On the Cincinnati Bengals to win this game. You rarely get that. You rarely get even money on a team that's this good. You get positive money on the Niners, which we said that. They're playing Philadelphia. Even money on the Bengals against a Chiefs team that may have a quarterback in Patrick Mahomes that's not at 100%. If he can't get outside the pocket and make the plays that Patrick Mahomes and really only Patrick Mahomes makes, Kansas City's in trouble. Kansas City's in big trouble. Now, for exacta purposes, the only Super Bowl combination I don't want to see is Kansas City and San Francisco. So, when I watch San Francisco at Philadelphia Sunday at 3 o'clock on Fox, I will be rooting hard for the Philadelphia Eagles because the Philadelphia Eagles are a part of an exacta that gives us the best money on our investment. Eagles to beat the Bengals is 30 to 1. That's a big win. Let's say the Niners win. And if the Eagles win, I'll be rooting for the Bengals. I'll be rooting for the Bengals either way, to be honest with you, from a betting perspective. I like to see Patrick Mahomes at the top of his game, at the top of the league. He's the guy. But I will be betting for and rooting on the Cincinnati Bengals. And we'll probably pick the Cincinnati Bengals, but I haven't made that decision yet. An official pick. Haven't made it yet. If the Niners win, I'll be rooting hard Cincinnati. Because if the Niners win and the Chiefs win, we make zero money. We're in the negative. It's not good. I want a Bengals 49ers Super Bowl. Hey, if we get a Bengals 49ers Super Bowl, I make money either way. 
Like that's the perfect thing. That's the perfect result for me because if San Francisco wins and Cincinnati wins, I've got Bengals to beat the Niners at 25 to one and Niners to beat the Bengals at 20 to one. There's money made either way. The best scenario is Philadelphia, Cincinnati for me from a money standpoint, but uh, we'll see. We'll see either way. Niners Eagles Sunday, three o'clock on Fox Cincinnati, Kansas city Sunday, six 30 on CBS and Paramount. Guess what we have. This is always fun to talk about. Talk about some guys that excelled throughout the year. We have award finalists. The NFL awards will be given out on February 9th. We have the finalists. We have the lists. We know who to talk about. So we're going to start from the back. I'm turning the page like I said I would have to. Assistant coach of the year, the finalists. You'll know these names. We've talked about them all. Ben Johnson, Lions defensive coordinator. D'Amico Ryans, 49ers defensive coordinator. Shane Stetchen, Eagles offensive coordinator. All at one point coaching candidates for the Indianapolis Colts. Obviously, Ben Johnson going to return to Detroit. Already announced, already crossed him off the list. He was my initial favorite. D'Amico Ryans, my current favorite, although I don't think it's a thing. It's a pipe dream. 49ers, D.C. Again, Denver, Houston, or going to return to San Francisco. Kyle Shanahan wants him back, obviously. And then, uh, of course, Shane Steichen from that uh, Frank Reich uh, coaching tree that all stemmed down from those good Eagles teams back in the day that had Carson Wentz when he was good. Yeah. Comeback player of the year. Three candidates. Like them, like them all. One of them I don't know that I, I consider a comeback player of the year, although he didn't really get hurt too bad this year like he normally does. Saquon Barkley, this guy reemerges. As one of the NFL's top running backs, did a great job for the New York Giants this year. Christian McCaffrey, a San Francisco 49er, who's really shined with the Niners, always shined with the Panthers, just always hurt with the Panthers. This year, up for comeback player of the year, CMC. But my favorite, my favorite, a guy who I hope wins this award, is Geno Smith, quarterback of the Seattle, (laughs) Seattle Seahawks. Geno Smith, out of nowhere, a team that honestly we thought wouldn't win any games. We were like, this team might go 0-17. Geno Smith emerges as a Pro Bowl quarterback and leads the Seattle Seahawks to the playoffs. Geno Smith, out of nowhere, Seahawks quarterback. Everybody thought, oh, no, we're dead. Russell Wilson's gone. Geno Smith leads the Seattle Seahawks to the playoffs. Russell Smith gets his head coach fired, and Denver doesn't make the playoffs. Geno Smith, comeback player of the year, my favorite for this award. Big old fan. Largely due to the success he had in Seattle. Uh, Saquon Barkley, again, another great comeback. Christian McCaffrey just spent this year not getting hurt very much. So my favorite's Geno. Comeback player of the year, Geno Smith. Let's go. Defensive rookie of the year. This is a fun one. Sauce Gardner, Jets cornerback. He's going to win this award. It's going to be Sauce Gardner. We'll find out for sure February 9th, but Sauce Gardner is going to win this award. Uh, The other two finalists, Aiden Hutchinson, Lions defensive end, and Tariq Woolen, uh, Seattle Seahawks cornerback. Sauce Gardner is going to win this award. 
and he should. He was absolutely sauce island in that Jets secondary. Did a great year. All three of these guys had a great year. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson uh, from the Lions. That guy's going to be a long-term stud. Tariq Woolen developing as a very good Seattle cornerback. Going to be a lot of fun to watch these guys grow and develop. Offensive Rookie of the Year. This award, <laughs> this award was probably dominated by Kenneth Walker III until Jimmy fucking Garoppolo gets hurt and the world meets a guy out of Iowa State. Mr. Irrelevant out of Iowa State. And this guy still, to this day, leading into this championship game this weekend, has not lost a game. How do you give this award to anyone else? Again, Kenneth Walker the third, probably the favorite before Brock Purdy hits the scene. Garrett Wilson, obviously in that conversation, also very good. Maybe uh, maybe could have been a lot better had the quarterback situation in uh, New York had not been fucked. But how do you give this award to anybody but Brock Purdy? He's literally undefeated, leading his team to the NFC Championship game. I don't know how else you give that award to who else. Kenneth Walker III had a great year. Brock Purdy steps up. I want to say it was uh, week 11. Week 10, week 11. Comes in, does his thing. We talked about this a little bit Monday night on Burroughs Applesauce. The 49ers quarterback situation. You got Brock Purdy for fucking dirt cheap on a rookie deal. The first year of his rookie deal. Jimmy G's lingering out there. I don't think at this point they're going to trade him. I think they just love him so much they're not letting him go. What the fuck happens to Trey Lance? You remember he started the year as the Niners starting quarterback. The guy they moved up in the draft to get, Trey Lance. Fuck's that guy going to do? We shall see. Brock Purdy, I don't know who you give who else you give that award to. It's got to be Purdy at this point. They say it's only regular season accomplishments. All right, fine. He didn't lose any of those games. None of them. Brock Purdy. How about NFL Coach of the Year? How about NFL Coach of the Year? Brian Dable out there in the New York Giants organization. Guy I like a whole lot. Brian Dable would be, out of the three finalists, he's going to be my pick. The Giants got to the playoffs, won a playoff game, coming from basically nothing in a place of what the fuck are we going to do with Daniel Jones to a playoff team. Daniel Jones, a legitimate quarterback candidate to be their long-term guy. Not something they would have thought before this year, I don't think. Doug Peterson, another guy, goes to Jacksonville, reemerges the Jaguars to a playoff team. It's nice to have Trevor Lawrence. It's nice to have that young core they have. But Doug Peterson goes down there and does a great job. The Jags win the AFC South, coming back from nowhere to win their last uh, six or seven games. I think they were six and one over their last seven. Doug Peterson, Kyle Shanahan created this San Francisco 49ers monster that is now in the NFC Championship game with a quarterback who no one fucking knew about until a few weeks ago. Kyle Shanahan, how, how on the list. Dable, Peterson, Shanahan. 
finalists. I'm a little mad about this, though. I am a little mad about this. Where's Nick Sirianni? Where's Nick Sirianni on this list? It is literally a crime that Nick Sirianni, he was my favorite to win coach of the year. He was my hands-down favorite to win coach of the year. He goes to Philadelphia, builds a monster. When things seemed really bleak and you're left with just Jalen Hurts, and you're like, what the fuck are we going to do? We got Jalen Hurts. Nobody else wants to play here because it's fucking Philadelphia. And, and all of a sudden, they're the number one seed. They're going to the NFC Championship game. They're the favorite in the NFC Championship game. They might be the favorite to win the Super Bowl at this point. Nick Sirianni has elevated the Eagles. They are the favorite to win the Super Bowl at this point. Siri, I wasn't talking to you. They are the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl at this point. How is Nick Sirianni not on this list of finalists for Coach of the Year? Blows my mind. He was my favorite, still my favorite. I hope they come in like somebody breaks through the wall or some shit like the Kool-Aid man, and it's like, just kidding, you fucking silly fucks. It's Nick Sirianni. Just kidding. They can't already say that Brock Purdy's their starter next year. They can, they can say they plan to go forward with that, blah, blah, blah. Shit, people have to save. People have to say that stuff. You can't come out when the kid's on this run into the championship game and say, well, we don't know if he's going to be our starter next year. <laughs> we, we don't know if we're confident in him. You have to say he's the starter next year. Got to say it. Now, I believe that he should be the starter next year. I think he's earned it. But that wasn't even the question. The question is, what are we going to do with Trey Lance? That was the question. Because you got a lot of money wrapped up in Trey Lance. You sold the farm to move up and get Trey Lance. Finally, this year, you gave him a shot because you felt like you fucking had to. And Brock Purdy ended up being the savior on the, on the sideline. That's the question. Where the fuck does Trey Lance go? What do we do with him? Is he going to be a third stringer? Are we finally going to trade Jimmy out of San Francisco? Interacting here with the live comments. Yeah, Brock Purdy's earned his keep. That's no doubt. Jimmy Garoppolo is paid, and Trey Lance on a rookie deal, but a, but a pretty good rookie deal because he was drafted high in the draft, I believe number four. Where's he going to go? What's he going to do? He's going to be third stringer. <laughs> we shall see. Coach of the year, Nick Sirianni, not on this list. Don't like it. Uh, out of this list, my picks, Dable. <clears throat> Brian Dable from the New York Giants. Now we get to the exciting ones. Defensive player of the year. Three finalists, all great dudes. I have a favorite because he's fucking dominant. We got Nick Bosa. San Francisco 49ers defensive end. Scary guy on a great defense. <clears throat> Chris Jones, Kansas City defensive tackle. And then my favorite to win this award, a guy who everyone in the league has studied. Every time you go to play the Dallas Cowboys, you're like, what the fuck are we going to do about this guy? 
He's an animal coming off the edge. Micah Parsons, three finalists for the NFL Defensive Player of the Year Award. Micah Parsons, my obvious favorite. My obvious favorite, he changes your entire offense. Nick Bosa, really good too. Chris Jones, I mean, obviously a great player. But uh, when you talk about favorites for this award, you change your whole game plan because Micah Parsons exists. You have to. That's favorite. What about offense player of the year? Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, Patrick Mahomes. How is this not like it's weird because all three of these guys are MVP finalists. Patrick Mahomes, let's uh let's just go look at uh Patty Mahomes' numbers cuz they're insane. Okay? 5250 passing yards, 41 passing tuds, 49 of 50 all pro votes. Pretty good resume. What about Jalen Hurts, 3700 passing yards, but 760 on the ground. 35 total touchdowns. Justin Jefferson, 1,809 receiving yards. Unanimous all-pro selection. Crazy. Crazy numbers. These guys, all three, very good. When you talk about offensive player of the year, again, to me, Jalen Hurts is your clear favorite for this award. Um, and I'll explain kind of how I feel the differences in the award go. Like Jalen Hurts was the offense in Philadelphia. Rushing, passing, facilitator, the guy. Was the offensive player. The guy. Offensively, an absolute weapon. Can substitute for your running game. Can facilitate your passing game. Smart guy. Guys come up. Justin Jefferson, very good receiver. 1,809 receiving yards. From Kirk Cousins up there in Minnesota. It's just that I am a, and I, I kind of see why now after, after kind of trying to break all these down, like I kind of see why these are largely won by quarterbacks. Justin Jefferson, deserving MVP candidate from the receiver standpoint. He won't get it, but a very deserving candidate. And to me, Patrick Mahomes, and this is where I got to explain the difference to me in the MVP award and the Offensive Player of the Year award. I think the Offensive Player of the Year on the Kansas City team, to me, is, is Travis Kelsey. Like, you're talking about weapons now. Mahomes a facilitator. Mahomes the guy that does... Fucking anything. I don't know. Maybe they are the same. Maybe they are the same. I'm going to say Jalen Hurts for Offensive Player of the Year. But when we come to the MVP race, we got five finalists. Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. Justin Jefferson, 1,809 receiving yards. Unanimous All-Pro. Jalen Hurts, 3,701 passing yards, 760 more rushing yards, 35 total touchdowns. That's an MVP resume. Patty Mahomes, 5,250 yards, 41 tuds. Then you look at Josh Allen. Almost 1,000 yards behind Patrick Mahomes, 4,283, 35 passing touchdowns. But another guy that got 762 rushing yards and seven rushing touchdowns. So Josh Allen... 
500 more passing yards than Jalen Hurts. Two more rushing yards than Jalen Hurts. He's Buffalo's running game. Singletary, not a great year. Didn't need to. So I asked the question then to myself, why is Josh Allen not in the offensive player of the year running? And I'm assuming it's because he led the NFL in interceptions or was second. He's up at the top. He's thrown more interceptions than most. I believe he leads the NFL. Joe Burrow, 4,475 passing yards, 35 passing touchdowns. The way the game is evolving, the mobile guys are the important ones. Now, Joe Burrow is out there proving to everybody that you can still be a pocket passer and dominant quarterback. I fucking really love what Joe Burrow's doing. But you've got to consider the element of the running game. And for most valuable player, you've got to consider the player that if you remove from the team, you remove this player from the equation, the team suffers. And I'm not sure who suffers more than the Chiefs losing Mahomes or the Eagles losing Hurts. If the Eagles lose Jalen Hurts, they are fucking doomed. If the Chiefs lose Patrick Mahomes, I said it all the time, this award is Patrick Mahomes' award to lose every year. He's the best quarterback in the NFL. There's no one better than him. It's his to lose. But when you go season by season and you look at this season and you say, what team is doomed without this guy? How is it not the Eagles and Jalen Hurts? So that's my vote. I'm voting Jalen Hurts for MVP. And I know a lot of people say I'm crazy for that, but I'm voting Jalen Hurts for MVP. That's what I got. So, and I didn't know I would do that until right now. I think I talked myself into it. But uh, those are your MVP finalists. It's going to be fun. It's going to be so fun. Sunday's going to be so fun. Find out who's going to Super Bowl 57. It's going to be so much fun. Niners Eagles, Sunday at 3 o'clock on Fox. Bengals Chiefs, Sunday at 6.30 on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. Sean Biso. God damn it. Sean Biso. Saturday at 11 a.m. on Second String Media on Twitch TV and YouTube at the Sean Biso. That's what's up. What an exciting week we have to look forward to. Guys, I'll be back on Saturday. We'll talk about some IU basketball and some Pacers basketball. Hopefully things trending upward for both of them. See if maybe there's a little more tidbit on this Colts coaching search. I kind of got a feeling it's going to stall until a couple of these coaches are done with the playoffs. Or, you know, you know, either Biennemi or Callahan will be done. And uh, either Steichen or D'Amico Ryans will be done. So, kind of... uh, kind of stymied on news for that coaching search until then but a couple of great games happy national spouses day make sure you're good to your spouse today be good to your spouse every day but today maybe take just an extra moment and be like hey 
fucking like you a whole lot. This has been the Sean B Show, guys. I'm getting out of here. We will see you guys on Saturday. The plan is 11 a.m. Goodbye.